The purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their health care practitioner before attempting any treatment. Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. Today's guest, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, is a board-certified internist and nationally known expert in the fields of chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, sleep, and pain. He's the author of five books, and he's here today to talk about his latest one, The Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Solution, The Essential Guide to Overcoming Chronic Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Made Easy. Welcome to Health Watch, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. David, a pleasure being with you. Well, let's start out with your personal story at the beginning of the fatigue and fibromyalgia solution. It seems really pertinent to um, uh, people listening who might be suffering from these conditions. Well, people often ask me, what's a nice doctor like me doing in a field like this? And it's uh, basically I got into chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia the old-fashioned way. I I came down with it. Um, 1975, had what I call the drop-dead flu. And six weeks later, was still barely able to get out of bed. And that's when I was in medical school. Uh, and I had to drop out. And since my whole life was geared to being a healer, um, my life was over as far as I could see. And not just that, I was paying my own way through school. And no work study, no scholarship, no loans. I was basically homeless, sleeping in parks. Uh, so it was, it was funny that you know, it's kind of like the universe put a homeless medical school uh, sign on my park bench. Uh, herbalists came by, naturopaths came by, energy healers came by. There are all these different folks who came by and taught me the bits and pieces of what I needed to learn to get well. I was able to uh, cobble those pieces together, got myself well. I was able to return to medical school and have basically uh, spent the last 35-plus years um, dedicated simply to making effective treatment available for everybody. So we've designed treatment that's very effective. We've done the double-blind, placebo-controlled research, proving its effectiveness. Um, we are now training literally hundreds of practitioners, and not just physicians, but practitioners across the entire spectrum in terms of treating these illnesses um, and making the tools so that everybody can get well. And we now have tools available. People do not have to suffer with this illness anymore. They can get their lives back. Well, before we start talking about the protocols that you've developed for chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, let's let's talk about what you think some of the sources of the modern day energy crisis, as you call it, are. Uh, absolutely, because it's important for people to realize that these illnesses are not the enemy. They basically represent blowing a fuse, uh, just like in your home, a few have a power surge or if you have problems with not enough energy, you blow a circuit breaker. Um, and in the human body, these illnesses represent an energy crisis. And we see it for many reasons. One, half of our calories have now been stripped of vitamins and minerals and other nutrients except for calories. We get 18% of our calories from sugar, 18% from white flour. You look at added fats, half of the calories um, are empty of nutrients. And for the first time in human history, we're seeing people being both obese and malnourished at the same time. Um, meanwhile, uh, if you go back 130 years ago, the average night's sleep was nine hours a night. We're now down to six and three quarters. That's a 30% pay cut. We have 85,000 chemicals that have been added into the environment, uh, not to mention the EMF and the rest, that really challenge our immune system, along with the leaky gut and the bowel infections from the sugar and antibiotics. Um, and also, 
I remember when I was a kid, David, the Madison Avenue advertising executives had a mantra, and their mantra was sex sells. You want to sell something, you put pretty ladies, handsome-looking guys, and, and the rest. Nowadays, the mantra for selling stuff is fear sells. And that fear, that crisis mentality, you know, wars don't last five years anymore. They last forever, you know. Um, and you don't watch the news to see what today's news is. It's watch today's crisis and battle. So it's all of these things have kind of gained up to really drain uh, people and to create an energy crisis, uh, basically a perfect storm for human energy crisis. So there's some controversy over how best to diagnose chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia probably because partly because there's a lot of overlap with some of the symptoms with other conditions. But tell us what you consider to be the most common hallmark uh, symptoms for both of these conditions. Well, the simplest way to diagnose it is if you have a combination of you can't sleep even though you're exhausted, and this persists and it does not go away with vacation and the rest, you've got this illness or related process. But basically tired, achy, brain fog, and can't sleep are the hallmarks of the illness. And that you have something else, for example, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's, a host of other conditions can actually trigger your blowing a fuse, can trigger fibromyalgia. Uh, so it's not uncommon uh, for this to travel along with other conditions as well. But that simple combination of can't sleep even though you're exhausted uh, shows that you're stressing the sleep center. And that sleep center is a circuit that gets blown. It's called the hypothalamus. And then you also mentioned some secondary uh, symptoms like frequent infections, multiple al- allergies or sensitivities. Absolutely. There's literally dozens of other things that happen with the energy crisis. Uh, frequent allergies, as you noted, very, very common. Uh, sinusitis, spastic colon, all of those three travel together with a candida or yeast overgrowth. Uh, average 32.5-pound weight gain. When you ask people, what, how's your libido? 73% are going to go, what libido? Um, you'll see numbness, tingling, nerve pain, secondary to the muscle pain, um, and just a whole host of different things. Uh, but the key hallmarks, again, that tired, achy brain fog, can't sleep. If that sounds like you, you've got it. In case you just tuned in, we're talking today to Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, the author of The Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Solution, The Essential Guide to Overcoming Chronic Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Made Easy. Dr. Teitelbaum, the, the first part of your, your five-part protocol is addressing sleep. You, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that prior to the light bulb, the average person slept around nine, nine hours. I'm sure a lot of people are listening and going, well, yeah, I can't, I can't sleep, but how in the world are you going to figure it out so that I can? Uh, it's, it's, it seems like a common scenario with a not great or obvious solution for a lot of people. So how do you begin with it? Well, people need to realize that this is not poor sleep hygiene. This is basically the sleep center, the hypothalamus has gone offline. So we start with natural things. We do start with getting sleep hygiene back. Uh, I do encourage, especially if you're uh, in the winter up in the Northwest, uh, take a tub of hot water, add two cups of Epsom salts, which are magnesium salts, and soak. Um, you'll find your muscles will relax, your magnesium will soak in. Don't go straight to bed after, but wait an hour after. Get yourself a nice robe and dry your hair and then do something very calming, read a calming book or something like that for the hour and then go to sleep. Uh, the smell of lavender and even lavender in a pill form, uh, you can get them now. One, one is called Calmade, is very good. Some melatonin. Um, I like, my favorite is a mix of six herbs called the Revitalizing Sleep Formula. 
I can get that any health food store online. Um, for most people, insomnia, that'll leave them sleeping like puppies. It has the same valerian and passion flower that most sleep herbs have, but it has the wild lettuce, Jamaican dogwood, hops, and theanine. And this is a very, very common, uh, powerful combination for people. Now, other people find that they're tired all day, they're irritable and hungry, but as soon as their head hits a pillow, their mind is wide awake like it's daytime. And those people, um, I'm going to go ahead with ashwagandha and also some phosphatidylserine. That's a combination called Sleep Tonight. Um, and that helps rebalance cortisol levels. So there's many, many things you can do naturally. And then I will um, also then add in the medications when needed. But most sleep medications actually make the problem worse. They keep people in light sleep instead of the, dark, the deep sleep that they're needing. So I'm picky about the medications I use, and it's important, very, 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 very low dosing. That that was interesting part of the book that you often will will err toward the sides when you're using pharmaceutical sleep aids to using multiple medications at low dose rather than one at high dose. Can you explain a little bit more about that? It's an important factor because people have trouble clearing things out of the body. When energy down is the liver, the liver and other detox systems work more slowly. So you're going to find that if you do a high dose of one thing, you're going to be hungover till two the next afternoon. Uh, but each thing is cleared out by its own mechanism. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're taking five things together. Each one has its own what's called half-life, how long it takes for half of it to be gone from the body. So if you use a low dose of several things, they all get together in the middle of the night in terms of keeping you out in the sleep. But they're all cleared out of the body so by, on their own timetable. So by morning, they're out of your system and you're not hungover. Oh, that's really interesting. And, and there's a lot of research coming out these days about... Uh, Obviously, we don't understand a lot about what sleep does, and I remember reading, I think, a month or two ago that now we're learning that it's that there's a detoxification of the brain actually happening is one part of it, and I know we knew prior to that that tissue repair is another part of, of the importance of sleep. And I suspect sleep is when we recharge our neurotransmitters, things like serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine. It's when our immune system gets to have its, its restore time. Uh, if you don't get enough sleep, you will be immune suppressed, is what the research shows. A tissue repair goes on. And if you sleep deprive somebody, they'll be in chronic pain. Okay, you don't do the nightly tissue repair. There are little micro tears in the muscles and the rest. It's important for weight loss. If you don't uh, get enough sleep, you're going to have an average six and a half pound weight gain because the hormones that suppress appetite, such as leptin, are made during sleep, and also growth hormone, which turns fat into muscle, so to speak. It tends to be made during sleep by exercise and sex. So, uh, sleep is a critical part. It's not a waste of time. It's a critical time for your body's regeneration systems. And, and your second section in the book, in, in what you call the SHINE protocol, so the S in SHINE is sleep and the H is hormones. What, what sort of hormones should somebody who's listening today and thinking, yes, I am this person, I, I am exhausted during the day, and then when I lay down, I can't sleep, what are the hormones they should be getting checked or evaluated? Well, it's important for people to realize, we talked about blowing a fuse, and that circuit breaker is called the hypothalamus. It's a small area in the brain. It controls sleep, which is why you can't sleep even though you're exhausted. It controls virtually our entire hormone system. So despite the tests being normal, because the tests are not geared to pick up hormone problems from hypothalamic dysfunction, you need thyroid support. And the way you tell if you need thyroid hormone is tired, achy, weight gain, cold intolerant. Um, the way you tell if you need adrenal support is irritable when hungry. 
if you have, um, it's like a light switch goes off and you have three minutes to get fed or the people around you are dead, um, that's low blood sugar. And you're going to find, especially if you're having stress in your relationships, um, tell people, let people around you know that when you get irritable, don't get defensive, don't do anything, just feed me. And it'll it'll save you a lot of money on divorce lawyers and <laughs> counseling. Uh, and that's one of the signs of adrenal fatigue. <clears throat> Absolutely. To me, it's the best sign of adrenal fatigue, better than any test. You'll see low blood pressure. Sometimes you occur in sore throats, uh, crashing during stress, uh, dizziness, sometimes unstanding. But that irritable and hungry, that's the hallmark of low adrenal. And if you have low adrenal, if you have low thyroid, start with some iodine. I like a product called Tri-Iodine, which is, uh, gets six and a quarter milligram tablets. More is not better. Um, you can get some kelp, other things for the iodine. Uh, you need to make sure you have plenty of iron. For those of you who are uh, vegan or vegetarian, iron deficiency will cause low thyroid. Um, so make sure that your iron is optimized. And the blood test, again, is not a reliable way you know, to tell if you use a normal range. Um, the ferritin blood test for iron needs to be over 60, not over 12, which is technically normal for thyroid to function properly. Um, so the adrenal support, very nice things, adrenal glandulars, licorice is an excellent herb for the adrenals. Again, ashwagandha can be helpful, uh, ginseng can be helpful, uh, vitamin B5, vitamin C. Um, I like the product called Adrenal Stress End. Uh, again, all of these are available online in the health food store. These are easy to find. Um, one or two capsules a day in the morning will smooth out most people's adrenal function naturally. Um, and then bioidentical uh, hormones for uh, men and women. Most men are testosterone deficient. Seventy percent will be in the lowest 30th percentile. And uh, for women, the way to tell if you need estrogen is if your fibro symptoms are worse around your, your menses the insomnia, the achiness, the brain fog. If all of those get worse around your cycle, that suggests that estrogen deficiency and progesterone are contributing. And I will use the bioidenticals in those cases. Uh, the other thing, hormone that slows the antidiuretic or anti-peeing hormone, which is why most people with this disease, what's the technical description, uh, drink like a fish and pee like a racehorse. So if you find uh, that that describes you, do not salt restrict. If you salt restrict with this disease, you are likely to crash and burn. Get a good quality sea salt um, or any good quality natural salt and listen to your taste buds and enjoy the salt. And what's your concern, if any, on hormone-dependent cancers like breast and prostate cancer with uh, the prescription of bioidentical hormones? The estradiol um, will have a, a modest effect on increasing it. The estriol, which is a hormone that's made during pregnancy, actually seems to inhibit breast cancer. So the studies are not really suggesting much of an increase, if any, um, using the bioidenticals. The problem was when we were using this poison, basically the conjugated and synthetic hormones, which the only reason for using the synthetic uh, hormones is that they were patentable and therefore profitable but they're incredibly toxic. Um, and study after study after study showed this, but they were profitable enough that they could essentially buy off uh, major names and organizations uh, to sit there and say, well, there's no difference between the natural and bioidentical and we use 
prescription. You know, I mean, and it was like they're saying there's no difference between sugar and salt because they're both white. Uh, it was just insane. Uh, but the bioidenticals are quite safe. And in my reading of the data, uh, they tend to prolong life and uh, help keep it, people very young very late in life. So um, I'm quite comfortable with the safety. The thing is that we're finding that you don't need as high a dose as has been used in the past. Uh, sometimes even one-tenth to one-twentieth of the dosing that used to be used may be quite a- adequate and optimal. In case you just tuned in, we're talking today to Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, the author of The Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Solution. Dr. Teitelbaum, you, you encourage people who have chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia to look for hidden and make sure that they don't have hidden infections. Uh, and, and there's quite a long list of possible culprits that could contribute to their condition. But what would you say are the top two or three that people should be alert to and make sure that they don't have? The top three are candida, candida, and candida. <laughs> it's uh, yeast or fungal overgrowth is a massive. It's a massive organism, and it can overwhelm the body's immune system, and it's easy to treat. So, if you have nasal congestion, sinusitis, post-nasal drip, uh, irritable, gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, uh, most often that's going to come from candida or yeast overgrowth, which is treated using a mix of sugar avoidance, probiotics. Um, I will use a compound is sinusitis nose spray. Silver is an excellent nose spray to kill the infection because the nose is a major area as well as the gut. Um, and I'll use some medications I you can for six weeks. Beyond that, you'll see a number of people have, and instead of trying to label specific bugs, because we don't have the testing to really define it, um, what is more helpful is to look at, is, does there appear to be an antibiotic sensitive infection because we don't have the test for Lyme. We don't have the test for most of these other bacterial infections. But we can get a sense of whether, one, they respond to antibiotics. Two, um, which people are most likely to be helped by the antibiotics. So if you have scabbing scalp sores, you're going to respond to Zithromax. If you have chronic lung congestion, low-grade fevers, if you have a history of being allergic to multiple unrelated antibiotics, but not everything else, and I, it's not uncommon, I ask any allergies, and they say, yeah, penicillin, erythromycin, and tetracycline, and that's it. They're not allergic to those three antibiotics. They have die-off reactions. It tells me that their body has an infection sensitive to those antibiotics. And uh, so there are a lot of clues uh, if you have vertigo, many, many things. Uh, and then many people have viral uh, and antiviral sensitive infections. And, I, and there's a host of symptoms that will uh, lead to our suspecting the viral infections, chronic flu-like symptoms, for example, uh, onset with like what I have, the drop-dead flu. Uh, things along those lines uh, will leave me uh, going ahead and considering a trial of antivirals. And there's other testing I use as well that gives more information and helps suggest it as well. Well, you mentioned earlier uh, talking about how much of our diets now are empty calories, the refined sugars and refined flours, uh, which I'm assuming you encourage people to reduce or remove. What are some of the foods or nutritional advice you have about things that people should emphasize? Well, number one, our, our diet is meant to be pleasurable. If you take out everything pleasurable, that's not a good thing. Also, it's not necessary to be neurotic about the diet. Simply find things that taste good, that feel good to add into the diet. So if you're going to have breakfast instead of a, you know, white flour puffs that are, you know, how do they say in 
cartoon chocolate coated sugar bombs kind of a thing. Um, get a whole grain cereal, and uh, there's many that taste really good. Uh, keep it to one that has less than three spoons or 12 grams of sugar in it, um, which is not hard to do. Uh, you can have the whole Quaker Oats line, uh, Quaker Oats squares, and Life cereal, both will come in under 12. Cheerios is one gram of sugar. Um, and then add things that are healthy. My morning breakfast is I'll have a whole grain cereal, and I'll add in a handful of berries, cut in some banana, uh, put in some papaya. I live in Hawaii, so I can just pick them off the trees over here. And um, do, just do a mix of things, and then I'll add some cinnamon, um, and then I sweeten it with stevia. Stevia, I think, is a very healthy sweetener. Uh, monk fruit is another one that doesn't have the bitter taste that some stevias have. Uh, stevia is very brand-dependent. If it's not filtered, it's going to be awful. Uh, but if it's a good brand, uh, body ecology is very good, for example. It'll taste good. So you're not looking to cut things out. You're looking to replace, get rid of the things that are give you the least pleasure first. You know, I, I'll tell people they need to change their diet, and I see their face fall. And I, I say, okay, what is it that you're feeling like, oh, no, I've got to give up? And those things, except for the sodas, I tell them, no, keep it. You know, get rid of the things that give you the least pleasure first. Get rid of the sodas. Get rid of the fruit juices. You can have uh, vegetable juices, and you can have all the fruit you want. But fruit juices and sodas have three-quarters spoons of sugar per ounce. But I tell people I avoid sugar except for chocolate. Chocolate is a health food. Uh, chocolate will, is associated with a 25 to 50% lower risk of heart attack deaths compared to cholesterol medications that have maybe a 2 to 10% lower risk. Um, so these you want to eat in ways that feel good. Eggs are a healthy food. Salt, if you get a good quality sea salt, is fine. Um, but, you know, go with whole grains instead of white flours and save the sweets for dessert and get the best tasting one you can and go for quality, not quantity, and enjoy yourself. And, and your final uh, part of the protocol in, in the fatigue and fibromyalgia solution is exercise. And I, I'm curious what goals people should set and how you get people with chronic fatigue to get a, an exercise program going. Well, it's exercise as able, and those last two words are critical, because you only have energy to condition to a certain point, and if you push beyond that, you will crash and burn and find yourself stuck in bed for the next three days. So you want to listen to your body and start with a simple walking program, and when it's not too cold, do it outside so you get the sunshine, which your body needs as well. And get a pedometer, 15 bucks, clip it to your belt, um, and aim to add 50 steps each day until you get to a level where it feels like mm, more than that's not going to be comfortable. You leave it there for 10 weeks at that level of exercise. And once you've done the shine protocol for about 10 weeks, your energy is usually going to be skyrocketing. And I'm going to add for nutritional support, David. I recommend people get a good multivitamin. I like vitamin powders because one drink replaces over 35 pills and gives literally everything from A to Z except for iron um, and the essential fatty acids. So that they should be getting from the diet in terms of micronutrients. So uh, the one I like is called the Energy Revitalization System. Uh, and I have people add ribose. Our recently published studies show that ribose increased energy an average of 61%. And picture that, 61% more energy, what that would feel like after three weeks. Um, so I'll have people take the ribose, uh, the form I use is Corvalin, but any powdered brand is good. 
and I'll have them do a five-gram scoop. I add that to the vitamin powder each morning. That's my morning energy drink. Uh, and then coenzyme Q10, 200 milligrams a day. Uh, for three months, acetyl L-carnitine, especially important to people who are vegan or vegetarian because the carnitine comes from meat sources um, in our body. And then I'll add, um, the, for the fish oil, uh, I'll use something called Vectomega, because uh, nice one of those who place eight regular fish oil capsules, so it makes it, you want to keep it easy, you don't want people to get pilled out. Um, for uh, vegans, uh, Barleen's makes a wonderful flaxseed oil, which is very good. Uh, so these supplements can be very helpful in addition to the diet. Um, and do you and have then, a do you have a favorite uh, supplement for pain relief? Absolutely, um, because all pain virtually is can be effectively treated unless you go to your doctor. <laughs> Physicians sadly are are hopelessly undertrained in pain management. Um, so. There's two mixes I like. One is called End Pain. It's a mix of willow bark, boswellia, and sherry, um, which is very good for inflammatory pain, arthritis kind of pains in general. Uh, and I'll have people take two, three times a day. And then the other one I'm going to have them take is called Curamin, uh, C-U-R-A-M-I-N, which is it's a pain relief miracle. It's really remarkable. It's a mix of a highly absorbed curcumin. And, and David, it drove me crazy for 20 years. You'd see all this research coming by on curcumin and how it helped this and that. But it wasn't absorbed well, and you couldn't get enough into people to get a clinical effect unless they're eating Indian food all day because uh, it's found in curries. But now they have ways by adding back the essential oils. They've increased the absorption almost sevenfold, a 693% increase in absorption uh, by just adding the oils. In. So now you just need one pill where it used to take seven or eight again. So the curamin is a mix of curcumin, boswellia, DLPA, and autokinase. And I use the curamin and the unpain together. Um, and I have people take high dose two, three times a day of both for six weeks because it takes six weeks to really go in and heal the systems. And people find the pain relief will be much quicker than six weeks, but it'll maximize the six weeks. And then they can drop the dose and often drop their pain. And these are compatible with any pain medications they're taking as well. And then after six weeks, they'll find they can usually drop the dose of pain medication. They can drop the dose of the herbal and see what it takes to maintain the effect. Uh, But the key thing, David, that people need to know about pain, again, it it feels like an outside enemy. you got to fight the pain. No. Pain is like the oil light on your body's dashboard. It's part of your body's monitoring systems. And just like when the oil light goes off, it's annoying. You don't want to put a Band-Aid over it. You want to put oil in the car. And your pain is telling you that your body needs something, and it's often sleep, hormonal support, treating the infections, nutritional support, and exercise. In our study, when you treat it with shine, the pain went down by 50%. So, Dr. Teitelbaum, unfortunately, we're, we're almost out of time. Do you have a website you could point our listeners to who are curious about more? Yes. Uh, we have an energy analysis program, which is free computerized doctor kind of. You can at, at endfatigue.com. So E, and like Nancy, D, like David, and the word fatigue.com. Also, for practitioners, at the same website, you'll see a button for practitioners. We have a new, it's like Facebook for practitioners. I'm trying to get all different practitioners, naturopaths, herbalists, chiropractors, MDs, and all talking to each other. So we have a uh, practitioner network where they can all come together, share information, and where I'm also answering questions. And they'd love to have you join. It's uh, If you go to the website and go for practitioners, it's free. 
And there's a lot of benefits for joining in, in addition to being able to teach each other and to learn from each other. That sounds great. Thanks for being on Health Watch today, Dr. Teitelbaum. David, a pleasure. We're talking today with Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, the author of The Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Solution. You've been listening to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. Stay tuned for the rest of the Monday morning radio zine.